this week's guest is Kayla Davidson. Kayla's from Kitchener-Waterloo and got her start in the industry while still in high school, working at a local landmark, Angie's Kitchen. Kayla has spent a number of years working all aspects of front of house in various bars and restaurants. She managed a clothing store and even spent time working as a go-go dancer at one point. Currently, Kayla's working at Babylon Sisters while she pursues her degree and also has her own side business, Lost Lola Vintage, a makers and thrifters vintage shopping experience. You can find more info on that on Instagram at underscore Lost Lola Vintage. Enjoy the show. This episode of the Industry Podcast is sponsored by Rick Baroncelli at The Case for Wine. Rick has everything that wine lovers are looking for, whether you are a bar or a restaurant or a private consumer. Rick has the selection of wine that will fit your needs. All regions and price ranges are available. Email Rick at rick at thecaseforwine.com. That's Rick Baroncelli at The Case for Wine. And welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name's Kip. This is Dan. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, same crap as always. Get up, go to work. Yeah. Come home, pass out early, and uh, repeat. Okay. Groundhog day every day. I don't even know why I keep asking you. Yeah. Yeah, this working for a living is nonsense, not for me. But well, what are you going to do? What about yourself? How are things going? How was the long weekend? The long weekend was good. We're recording on May 24th. We had a good long weekend, which is a shocker at the bar in the bar industry. So <laughs> I'm excited. That was at Sugar Run, downtown Kitchener. And Babylon Sisters, Uptown Waterloo. Check out both those spots. Oh, and how do I find those online? Uh, you're going to be looking on Instagram at uh, Babylon Sisters Bar and at Sugar Run Bar. Perfect. Yeah, come check out both of those bars. Also, we should say Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co does the artwork for the show. He does an amazing job. And he works around my idiocy of like forgetting to ask him to do the artwork, giving him the wrong spelling, etc., etc. So... Big shout out to Zach. He also does artwork for Sugar Run and Babylon Sisters. Mm, perfect. Two, two bars that I own that you should visit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's easy to find online too. We have links to his Instagram and his website. That's right. If you want to be a guest on the show, then you should be emailing us at info at the industry club, or you can DM us at the industry podcast on Instagram. And that's also a great way if you want to be a sponsor of the show, as we have now sponsors on the show. Mm-hmm. So reach out to us that way. In addition, you should be subscribing, rating, reviewing. That helps us out tremendously, and it doesn't really take too much effort from you. That is correct. All right, anything you want to talk about further, or should we just bring our guests in? I got nothing smart to say. Okay, well, that's <laughs> why... <laughs> That's why you're the producer. That's right. <laughs> Smile now. That's correct. All right, we got Kayla Davidson with us this week. How are you, Kayla? I am dandy. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, this fun is out. Nice day. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank yeah. you for yeah, having me. Thanks for me. doing this. Okay, well, let's just dive right into it. Tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the service industry. Well, it wasn't really anything super intentional. I was in high school when I started at... Angie's Kitchen mm. that most local people are familiar with. Yep, yep. Um, there was a location out in St. Agatha's, and so I got my boyfriend at the time that had a CRX to drive me out <laughs> to St. Agatha's to bus tables. Nice. Yeah, so that was kind of my first experience, but it wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna continue. No, and the serving, the yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw some sketchy things, like you know, they like to recycle their bread there. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. if you ate some of that bread, <laughs> I don't so know. Just, bread. <laughs> yeah, like those dinner rolls. Oh, oh yeah, those were definitely on another table. Oh yeah, no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. That's. I'm surprised they've shut down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure other people have spilled the beans on that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's good to know. But uh, we can't eat there anymore, anymore so whatever. Yeah. But at some point, you moved to Michigan, correct? Yeah. So when I was in in high school, this was a, a one boyfriend later. <laughs> I I started dating someone that was in Michigan, and his family owned a. Thai restaurant in Birmingham so when I would go on my March break or summer break I would always go down there and help out at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and that was kind of my first real experience serving and I could actually serve there because they didn't serve alcohol right um Mm -hmm. so and it was all under the table yeah obviously like yeah because you're Canadian mm -hmm. Um, yeah so and like okay what do you think how do you feel like that um specific restaurant prepared you for a further service industry jobs I think it I definitely have always gotten along with people really well and I'm pretty you know agree like I'm approachable I like Mm. to chat so you know it was just the best way for me to be my best self Mm -hmm. and Mm. chat with the people that would come in on their lunches and I mean I think that was when I got the first taste of like the money that comes with serving right so, because following that, I had um, I ended up moving there right. when I was nineteen, and then just started serving full time. And I lived across from a mall Ooh. called the Somerset Collection, and that's in Troy. Okay. And so I would work my lunches, and I would go spend all my money at the mall. <laughs> it was yeah. great. I was nineteen. Sure. Like, yeah. what better? What else? What do? else do I have to spend my money on? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So. And, and so did, when the whole time you were in Michigan, you were to the same spot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had the same boyfriend, obviously? I did, yeah. yes, yes. And so I'm guessing when you moved back, it's because you found a new boyfriend? That's right. Okay. I went from one right to the other. Okay, but there was... Uh, <laughs> I left that boyfriend for another boyfriend. <laughs> there was uh, a period there, though, that you were a go-go dancer? Yes. Yeah, so while I was living in the States... So the family that owned the restaurant, their son was in film production. So he also, like, you know, he kind of had his side hustles while he was in university and they did like a promotions company. So they would do like promotions with hypnotic liquor and different oh, stuff. Hypnotique. Hypnotique. <laughs> so, so I just, I'm a girl that loves to dance. What can yeah, I say? Like, go. best, you know, I can't play any instruments, but I say that my body is my instrument, oh, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so, so I, yeah, like I, I ended, we would go to this club called Club Fusion and it was outside of Detroit and uh, they would always, I was only 19, so I was definitely drinking underage and in the States, in the bar scene like money talks it doesn't i just i noticed such a difference there in compared to here for drinking underage like they're much it's much easier to drink underage there yeah, I remember like, that from when I was, because I grew up in Kingston, so Syracuse was very close yeah, to yeah, there, yeah. and we would always go there, because, like, it was amazingly, as, like, a 16, 17-year-old, it was easier for me to drink in Syracuse than Kingston. Oh, God, like, yeah. I was drinking, when I when I first started going there when I was 17, like, I was drinking at the bars, because if you knew someone, 
yeah. that was just that was it that it was super easy so at the time because I was dancing and I mean I was drinking doing some other fun things and uh so I you know I liked partying at a young age like this only kind of this this is not good you know like I was partying in high school pretty hard and like I once I started doing the go-go dancing you know I, I could drink there and you know had some other fun with other things and I uh sorry I lost my train of thought there no that's okay you like to party um, and you like to dance I like to party and I like to dance I still do but like maybe a little less partying mm. so yeah I my friend they ran a promotion company so basically we would just get hired it was like such good money like, I would dance for three hours and make 500 bucks. Really? Oh, holy shit. Jesus. Yeah. I, I should have got into go-go dancing. <laughs> and I honestly, yeah. like, I'm not kidding you. I love dancing. So it couldn't be, like, it was just perfect. I was right. like, yeah, yeah, I can have the dancing that I would normally do at the bar, except I would dance where, you know, you get, it's like exactly what you picture it to be with, like, those thigh-high boots and short shorts. Right, and right. So you feel like you're definitely on display, but <laughs> whatever. I was 19. That's what being 19 is all about. Yeah. Well, and if you like to party and, and you're looking to dance, you should check out with Rick Barrancelli at the Case for Wine because he has the wine that's going to make you dance. For instance, he has the Luc Baudet 2018 Rive Droit Cotoron. It's one of the finest examples of Grenache in the region. Pairs beautifully with uh, veal fillet, chanterelle mushrooms, or cooked cheeses, to be honest with you. So it's great for barbecue season. That's Rick Barancelli at The Case for Wine. Email him, rick at thecaseforwine.com. Okay, so you had a great time dancing on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> there was cages. Oh, were you in a cage? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. It's like every 19-year-old's dream. <laughs> <laughs> to be caged? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Oh, it sounds like the girls Fuck, in the basement. I was, yeah. I was doing it wrong. I was trying to pick up women in the Well, cage in a basement. Oh. Maybe we should get some cages at Sugar Run. No. <laughs> totally. You absolutely should. It'll bring a whole nother crowd. Uh, so how long did you do that for? Honestly, just a few months. But it sounds like you made some fast money, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty fun. Had, it was great for the mall. I had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, it was a good time. No yeah. complaints. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Would you do it now? Let's say, well, if, you, let's say if you knew your children weren't going to find out. I don't know. Okay, listen. Let me tell you. <laughs> so last week, I ended up having to go, I'm going, I'm sidetracking. Is that That's okay? That's right. That's what we do on the show. Okay, so last week, we, uh went to the Beaches concert mm-hmm. at uh, the Guelph Concert Theater. This is because my third... So I bought the tickets for my 13-year-old for Christmas. It was supposed to be in February, got moved, and then my 13-year-old ditched me <laughs> to go to a sl- fucking slumber party. Oh. So I'm like, oh my God. In fairness, I heard that slumber party also had cages. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it got canceled. Uh, oh, it did? Yes. Oh. And then when was she I pissed then? Uh, you- well, it got kind of, it was like one of those awkward things where I was like, oh, well, now I've like made my, all my other arrangements, like getting Ryan, my husband right. to come and then yada, yada, you know? So then she was like, well, I don't want to inconvenience anyone. <laughs> so then she was like, she didn't want to come. And I was, right. even though I offered to get her a ticket. Uh, so anywho, 
So we went. Let me just say it was really over. It was the show was oversold. It was at. It was in Guelph. I we left early, and then we had. So we there were six of us on our way home from Guelph. What else is lit up in the middle of the night on the way home? <laughs> the Manor, of course. <laughs> and so we went to. We were like, "Who wants to know the Manor?" And like, my husband was not expecting everyone on the car to say yes. So we all said yes. And then and we went. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. He he looked very uncomfortable. I was like, oh, this is like my foreplay for the night. <laughs> uh, so we went to the manor. Let me just say, wasn't very busy. No. No, we got yelled at by the stripper. Why? Because, well, I want to sit in Perfect's row. Right. Because I'm like, if you're going to be at the strip club, that's where you should be. Yeah, but you got to pay attention when you're up there. They don't like well, it if you're on your phone and shit. Why we weren't on, no. I was trying, like, not to make too contact. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you want to pay attention. Mm -hmm. But the eye, like... The, but not direct get, eye contact? It gets, <laughs> like, the, one, the first one, she was just, like, intense, her smile staring right into my soul. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> then the next one... <laughs> That was another story, but then at the end of her day, or at the end of her set, she yells out, "I'm fucking bored," and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> here to entertain you." Yeah, it's not, it's not, that's not Maybe the way it's we, because <laughs> we didn't bring our like dollar bills. Or, oh, I don't know, but yeah. she was not happy. So speaking of. Like, you know, what I want to do that, like, I guess strip clubs are fun because it's like, man, I would do this. They used to be if fun. I, yeah. Like, I got a feeling like they sucked the fun out of those. Well, COVID sucked the fun out of it. Yeah. Time. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different now, I think. Um, I think they just all dance in those big inflatable balls. So you can see them. No, no, there's, no there's nothing. Like, they are, they're, it's right in your face. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so when you what? So you decided to move back to KW because mm -hmm. you found a new guy, and yeah. uh, then like, but you did decide to stick around in the service industry. At this point, you realized you can make some good money, and yes. what was the next job? Symposium. Oh, the, sort of oh. the service industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so oh right, right up town. Oh yes, yes, yes. That was uh, it was really. It's kind of like a blur because mm. you know it was it was short lived. Right. But. I don't know. I've never, you know, there's that one thing where you serve sometimes and you, like we all work places where the kitchen's behind or the bartender's behind and the ser as a server, you kind of carry the weight of that, right? And it's like, oh, you have to keep apologizing to your tables as to why their food is taking four to five minutes with right. your drink. Symposium was like actually the worst for that. It was mortifying like the amount of, it would take like half an hour for a drink yeah and that's the fucking worst when you're going to a table and it's just like you know it's completely out of your control but yeah. the customer you're the one that's front facing with them so there's a like the, in their minds it's your fault oh 100%. like it's always your fault right? and they so, keep making the eyes with you and you try to avoid the eyes but like or like you hide oh, with you ever, you're just, oh, uh, fucking hiding in the kitchen fucking yeah. hiding in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds like the manor <laughs> Very similar. There is no difference. <laughs> oh but, my oh no. god! But that is. Let's talk about that for a little bit because that's one of the worst fucking situations. Like I don't know if we've actually discussed this on the show before, but that situation where you're like, 
you know it's not your fault that the food's late. And sometimes it is. Like, sometimes you forgot to put the order in or some shit like that, which is even worse because then you feel yeah. worse. Uh, but, like, that, even if it's not your fault, let's say the cook burnt something or they forgot and went out for a smoke and forgot to make your order or whatever, the that situation is awful because you know you've ruined the time of the person sitting at the table. They're pissed. Maybe they got to have somewhere to be. And, like, and the only person they have to take it out on is you. 100%. And I think, like, you know, one thing I've learned over the years of serving is just being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, like, whether it is a kitchen. I try, oh, I lie like a motherfucker. Well, like, have I lied and blamed the kitchen? Yes. But have I, like, come to them? I think it's, like, just coming to the guest and being like, hey, Here's so uh, yeah. the kitchen fucked up your order. Like, the kitchen yeah. messed a meal I try not to do that so much now, but... But you know what the truth is? Like, I think you're right. Like, the honesty does help because... It goes a long way. Yeah. Like, if you're just like, look, it was a mistake. Here's a, now some people are going to be pissed no matter what. 100%. Because, like... And I, for those people, I'm always like, well, if you can get this upset about this, then your life's probably pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, people just... I mean... Working in the service industry, you just get a little bit of taste of everyone. Yeah. Right? Like, every personality, good and bad. But most people, if you're just, like, I do think you're right that most people, if you're actually honest with them, like, I like I said, I've lied to people tons of times at the table, blame it on the kitchen when it was my fault or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the kitchen knows you're doing that, too. because they don't that have, tip, man. Yeah. And they, well, also, they don't have to, they don't, like, they don't have to see the people face to face, right? 100%. So, yeah. So, like, they don't mind if we do that for the most part. But... Mm-hmm. I have found, I think, that the people I was actually directly honest with, was it was a better situation than when I lied. Absolutely. I feel like there's, I don't know, I'm like, maybe you just read my mind, but there's like almost like they know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like there is, well, well, cause like recently I, at Babylon, I like missed a pasta and it was my first time back, like fully serving in four years. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was, like, I said to Janine, I was like, I'm either going to sink or swim. I was like, I'd rather, I'm glad it was busy cause it got me on my feet. And I think especially with serving, the most times I fuck up are when it's slow. Oh yeah. That's like what, that's yeah. when I fuck up. Because yeah. I'm actually a good, a really good server, and you know, but in this situation, it was just like, oh, being kind of back in it, and then like missing something, and yeah. then like missing being busy on the new system, so on and so forth, yeah. and then going to them and just saying and apologizing, and I was honest. Yeah, I took I took responsibility. Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes, yeah. and I think that like like the, at least reasonable people are gonna understand that mistakes happen, and if you just own your shit, like I mean, personally in real life. I can't stand the people who lie and don't own their shit. So it's better to be that 100%. way when you're serving. Like I, I'd, I'd rather somebody tell me I fucked up, I forgot, whatever, yeah. than <laughs> to be like make up some bullshit excuse and that I know is a lie. And because or I find out later it's a lie, and I'm just like, yeah. just own your shit. Like it's the, you know. That's we, a life lesson. It is a life that's lesson. That's a life yeah. lesson. It, it, but that's what we're doing here. We're doling out life lessons Perfect. on the industry podcast. Yes. <laughs> I like to think I'm wise. <laughs> life lessons. Can I get you another drink? Oh, you're so... Yes. <laughs> and speaking of drinks, while you're getting that, uh, you should... If you're interested in some amazing wines to sip on, uh, as Dan is pouring wine for Kayla right now, uh, you should look into Rick Barancelli at the Case for Wine. He's got the 2017 Domaine Regnard Christian Premier Cru, 
which is a beautiful Burgundy region, Pinot Noir, and it's perfect for summer sipping. Reach out to Rick, whether you're a restaurant, whether you're a bar, whether you're just a private customer who wants to smash some wine at home, Rick's your guy. That's Rick at thecaseforwine.com. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, yes. Well, it's a tip for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be turning to you. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, after you went to Symposium, what was the next spot? Um, well, Symposium tainted my taste of serving for a little bit. Was it like a franchise spot? Or it's it? a franchise. But okay, so when I started working there, I cannot remember who owned it, but then eventually they, uh, they ended up selling it. And they, so it was so funny because like I've trained when I was training there. So they, I, I, they were, they still owed me like maybe $400 for training hours. Mm-hmm. And then be when the new owners took it over, they hadn't paid me my, for my training and the new owners didn't end up paying that out. Right. Like, Perfect. what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? I know. Like you're, you're taking this business. You're taking you, those you like take debts the debt, with it, the debt right? Yeah. That's how Anyways, it's that's supposed to work. That was so. part of the tainting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they. What was your question? Oh yeah, who owned it? There was it like his a, name. Well, when I left, it was someone named Omar. Okay, but so it, it was, is a franchise. Okay, and then the individual owners have the franchises and all that. Yeah, that so I don't know okay. if the one in Waterloo is still in existence. I think it might be. Hmm. The one, but oh yeah, the, the, yeah, way up there by the yeah, yeah by the landfill. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Great, I kind great, of great I never wanted to go there again. Great place for a patio. Yeah, smelling that garbage, <laughs> that sulfur smell. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Yes. That's what you're looking for when you're sipping on a coffee or whatever. It was a kind of a cafe, right? Yeah, it was yeah. They, had now, they had everything, good brunch, but like, again, never wanted to go there because it literally took forever. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, so after the after, taint wore off, where did, you, uh, where did you end up after that? So I took a little break and I, I was working in, because I've kind of been, like up until I just started school, I've kind of been back and forth, forth between serving and sales. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked at a clothing store for a little bit, right. took a little break. And then once I left there, I went to the Duke. Oh, yes, the Duke of So this is a very famous, uh, long-standing, regular-style pub in uh, water, Uptown Waterloo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And so what was the crowd like there, like, serving for the most part? There's a lot of white hairs. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen such a diverse crowd of humans, ex- except at Abstract, which I also worked at the same, at time, the same time as uh, yeah. the Duke. Because, yeah, you'd have, like, if I worked my breakfast shifts, you know, you had, like, all the soccer, like, Scottish English guys oh, coming yeah. in, mm-hmm. or just, like, drunk university students coming in hungover. And then working during the week, it was, like, people there to see, you like, that would go re- religiously to see, like, Skinny Fat, which is, like, Mike Todd's old band, or, you know, any of those acts. Right. Um but yeah, it was a very unique crowd, and and rather annoying. <laughs> you know, like I I think at the age I was, I was definitely more like equipped to deal with that crowd. But I, I definitely couldn't do it now. Yeah. Like. 
That's some, I, I kind of feel the same way about working at Ethel's. I don't think I could go back and work there anymore. It's a very similar oh crowd. It's like, like very, lots of people of different age groups. Kind of everybody goes there, but it's like very much a regular spot, right? So you yeah. see the same people almost every day, and that's sort of sure. wear you down after a while. Honestly, like I couldn't, okay, I don't know what you think about this, but I honestly cannot believe the amount of people that like, and maybe I sound like a dick, but like, you know, certain age group go there every single day for like three hours after work, get wasted mm -hmm. to a point of like, you know, are you all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, just, you know, there would be people at the Dukes getting so drunk in the middle of the day, like pissing themselves on the stool, <laughs> seven year old men's putting their hands at my kilt. Oh, and God. you know what? Like, to be honest, I never, what I never understood was how the establishment was like okay with that happening. So they didn't have your back in a situation like that. Mm, not really, no. No. Like, did you ever complain to them specifically about it, or? Mm, yeah, like there was, there was one. You know what? There was a. An, I'm fine with saying this. Like, yeah. uh, there was a kitchen manager that worked there when I worked there, and honest to God, he was like abusive. Yeah. Just the verbal abuse. The, he, I was pregnant at the time with my first child, and I can't eat uh, raw, like, un, like egg yolk. Okay. And he intentionally made my egg yolk runny. Oh. While I, like, who does that? That's a weird so thing. So he, yeah. anyways, like, he would sit there and get drunk every night after work, and he lived in Cambridge. And the amount of times, like, this came up and nothing was done about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, like... You don't care, but this is, like, on our shoulders. Like, right. obviously, you know as a server, if you're the one over-serving... Yeah, and he drove home. And he drove home. Right. Like, so many times. So, I think just there was a lot of acceptance. Like, it was like, oh, well, a lot of the regulars were friends with the owners. Just the way it is, right? Just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, like, yeah. doesn't really matter. And, I mean, I can't say that I never benefited from those things. Like, sure. I'm sure I should have been kicked out of the bar yeah. many a times. <laughs> right. Um, well, we all, but it's, it's a different era in a way. Like, not, it was never appropriate, but, it, like, the thing about the service industry, it was very much that way for a very long time, where it's like that was it's sort of like you knew if you work in the in the service industry, then that sort of comes with it. Yeah. And especially for like the women, right? Like who work in the service industry, obviously got it way worse than men did during mm -hmm. that time from coworkers and customers. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I think that's you know, and there's just certain places you're gonna work, unfortunately, where it doesn't really matter to them, like if you're being sexually harassed by yeah. patrons. Well, like, I don't even, like, we didn't even really talk about it, like, that's what it was at the time, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but like, it is, yeah. right? Oh, like, 100% it is, yeah. yeah. But, like, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, because, I mean, I, I always say on this show that, like, I grew up in the ass-slapping era of the service industry, where it was just kind of like, people were touching people all the time, customers, coworkers, whatever, and you, mm -hmm. you just realized that was part of it. And now, you realize, how fucked up was that? Like Very fucked up. It was pretty fucked up. You know, yeah. and I think the, the problem is, too, like, you get so many servers at places like that, that, like, for ex I was 21 at yeah. the time. And you didn't know any better, right? Like, you, like, you know, <laughs> you know, and I'm a strong-willed person. Mm. It's not like I have an issue of saying what's on my mind. I right. never have. But at the same time, you're... 21 and yeah you don't want to 
like make us make a stink rock the boat yeah or, or you yeah. feel kind of like these people have like especially if these were old men that were going to this establishment for thir- 20 years yeah like, like who's gonna lose that debate the yeah, person, who, person who pays their electricity 100%. bill or the person that they can replace tomorrow right? 100%. and that that was a that's a massive problem in the industry do you feel like that this has got i mean i know you just sort of just returned to the industry but like even since that experience do you feel like it's gotten better or do you feel like it's the same um i guess it's hard to say because like the environments i'm choosing to work in now you're making a choice different and i have that like i've made a choice a personal choice that like I said to you, is like if I was going to go back to serving, yeah. it had to be the right place yeah, because yeah, yeah. I actually just can't physically, mentally take certain like environments. Sure. Um, so I, but I, I don't know. Like I think it doesn't matter. Like for example, you know, I was somewhere the other night and it was like these two women had laughed and these two men were hitting on them they clearly didn't know each other and then as I was about to leave like these gentlemen bought me like a massive glass like they bought me a glass of wine without asking and I'm just kind of like that assumptuous like behavior and like when I'm actually refused it because I had to drive giving me a dirty look and telling me to fuck off like that happened? yeah like I just I I don't know you know it's I don't think it's changed that much. I think it's that maybe we don't see it. Right. Like, the types of where we are. Yeah. At. So, yeah, and to that point, like, at the same time you're working at the Duke, you're working at Abstract, where I'm sure you saw lots of that shit. Like, you're working at a nightclub with a bunch of fucking horny 20-year-olds in there all the time. So... Oh, yeah. How was that experience? Honestly, like, I loved Abstract for so many reasons. I mean, it's a place that I wish was still in existence. But I... There was, well, because oh, recently, this is a side note, and I do that a lot, so I apologize. That's okay. But there was two ladies that asked me when I was working the other evening if there was anyone for over 25 to go dance. And uh, I said, sadly, not yeah, really. No, there isn't. But, I mean, COVID killed off almost all the nightclubs. <laughs> totally, so absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's, like, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. But working at Abstract was really fun. Like, I think it was a good, it was a good gig for me at that age. And... You know, I liked to party. Yeah. So, you know, I would fit. I would work Friday nights and only from like 10 to 12. Oh, yeah. That's great. And then, that's so a I would, shift. Oh, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. I would like, you know, get ready. Like it was basically I would, like I was going to the club. Right. I was. Yeah. Get ready, work for a couple hours, and then I would drink after. And I would get like as drunk as I possibly could <laughs> before last call. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what last call's for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, you worked at King Crab for yes. a while. Let's talk about yeah. that place. And Yeah, that was, um, you know, it's interesting because my mom actually worked for King Street Trio. Right. So that's kind of how I had that, like, connection. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's a secret around town that the owner of that restaurant or, like, not King Crab anymore, but King Street Trio you know, he didn't pay out his servers. Right. Their tips. Like, he owed some servers thousands of dollars. Thankfully, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. And it, like, when... And a lot of servers were afraid to quit because then how... Like, as a server, there's real no... There's no labor laws that really... Ent- 
like that you can get your tips. No. If yeah. you if you want to be because a it's fuck, off the money fuck, bucks, right? Yeah, oh, if yeah. you want to be an asshole and keep these tips from your servers, like you kind of can, yeah. unless the servers are going to go and sue you, like in small claims, which is like not that they have a lot of money to do that. No, it's that's it, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, you can go to small claims court, but good luck. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, oh, you owe me $2,000, but how much is this going to cost me right. to fight you, right? So, yeah, I worked at King Crab. I honestly, like, I don't love working places where there's, like, oh, you get, like, everyone gets cut. But it was just, like, at that point in my life, like, I really needed the money. Mm-hmm. And so for me to, like, go in for an hour, wait around to see if I would stay to serve you know, and then, oh, we don't need you tonight. Like, it just wasn't... Do we make you come in? Yeah, you just come in and, like, wait around, not Mm. get any tables. Like, it was ridiculous. Polish some cutlery. (laughs) You know, so I'd make my, like, $13. I don't even think it was that much at the time. And then go home. Right. So I just, like, financially wasn't great. I was a single mom at the time. Mm. And then, again, like, not getting payouts for my tips was brutal yeah that doesn't sound great no like it was awful and like actually having to like year like a year later contact the owner and having to like demand my money like you owe me this money yeah and did you get it I got it in like, this is what makes me laugh. I got it. I got an email back saying that I had to wait like two weeks. Then he would send me a portion and then another portion. I'm like, this is like $500. Yeah. Like if well, you that's were, not a good sign. Like, no, like yeah. if you're a business owner and you really can't like pay that out to me, mm-hmm. like that's ridiculous. And honestly, that's theft. Like, it that's, is theft. let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. You can't. The one thing I know is like the bar and restaurant business is very, like it's a quite a roller coaster ride with how much money you have at any given point. But mm-hmm. like the one thing you got to do is take care of your suppliers and your employees first, and then anybody else can get paid later. Like, yeah, it's just like you know, it wasn't even like obviously shit happens, and you know, I don't think people are ignorant to that. Yeah. Like if you if something happens or a check bounces or whatever, like we're all human and yeah. these things happen. But like literally. All of the servers were owed, like. But old. tips are not the the, the establishment's money. Like that's the, no, the, the they're tips not. Belong directly to the servers, they're so not, that's yeah. not like if you're using that. But like that was a place that very few people. Are. Like I remember every night, people just hoping to God that their cat tables paid them in cash. Oh. Like wow. imagine having to live like that now. Yeah. No, like. You would never get your tips. You would never get your tips, and so, it's, yeah, that's a new world too. Like where. Yeah, you're relying on people to give you your tips usually in the future because everybody pays by card now, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I hope that that's not the case anymore. Yeah, King Street Trio is still in existence. So is it I still the same ownership? As far as I'm concerned. Uh, well, you know where you never run into problems with anybody getting paid or getting fucked over. It's Rick Barrichello at the Case for Wine. He has. Sure, I would love another beer. Thanks, Tim. Rick Barrichello has the 2019 Blueprint Cabernet Sauvignon from Lale Vineyards. This is a stunning... 
Cab Sauvignon from Napa Valley. And 10% of the proceeds from Blueprint Wines go to organizations that fight climate change. So that's another reason to enjoy the Blueprint product that you can get from Rick Barancelli at The Case for Wine. That's Rick at rickatthecaseforwine.com. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, there's so much shady business that goes on in the service industry, but it's funny. It's like, I think that's why so many people sour on the service industry and get out of it entirely, but mm-hmm. many people as well, they sour for a little while and then they get drawn back in. So um, now, it's, according to my notes, you work at a place called Babylon Sisters. That's right. Yeah, and also, oh. according to my notes, were you aware that that is a bar that I own? I was not. Oh, oh yes, yes, I was aware. <laughs> it's great. You should come. Yeah. The owner's fabulous. <laughs> exactly. She's always gotten her tips. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting. So I'm. I will say that I had, I had taken a job at Bauer before. At Bauer and, Kitchen, yeah, yeah, and like I went for two shifts and. I, first of all, I hadn't worked in, like, two years. Second of all, I, like, hadn't worked in the service industry in four years. And I pretty much had, like, a minor panic attack there. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't see myself serving brunch every Sunday to, like, all these people. Like, literally, I'm going to hate my life. (laughs) And it just, like, was not – because I did work at the Charcoal Steakhouse, which was really great for – many reasons I mean I know you've had a lot of people that worked yeah. for the charcoal group on um so that really like fine-tuned a lot of serving skills that you know I I still carry with me now but I just didn't want to work for them so then right. conveniently you were looking for people and yeah now now you find your dream job yeah absolutely <laughs> feel social again which is great yeah it's kind of it's hard too when you're having kids and like you're sort of in and out of it and in and out of it and then the pandemic hits and then you, there's, there's a little part of you where you almost forget how to be social in public anymore right oh totally like I felt super awkward for when I did when I did go to power for those two shifts I actually like didn't fully know how to socialize because I mean not only were you, have we only been socializing with like no one really or like our small little bubbles Right. You know, and so like going outside of that and then it being so busy, it's like, oh, yeah. so I'm definitely, but I've really enjoyed, you know, the last month that I've been at Babylon. It's been nice socializing again. And like, do you find it some, like, I was talking about somebody, talking with somebody about this the other day that like, do you find that the customers are still like, like there's a, they don't know how to behave in public anymore to a certain extent? No, I think that everyone seems really grateful Mm. to be where they are. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like as an employee, I feel grateful to like be working and serving you. And like, you know, whether I I don't like I have not been masking at work, you know, and it's that I'm enjoying and just like seeing people's faces and having like conversation and honestly like there's been no real chat of covid because covid kind of became like the weather Mm -hmm. you know so i think when it's when i'm going to a table now the conversation is much more about the wine that we're serving and like you know other things that are going on in life and i think it's so refreshing that we've kind of got back to that and people i think you know there's a little sense of like 
awkwardness, like almost like, oh, can I do this? Oh, can I do that? Yeah. But everyone just seems super grateful. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that we're, we're slowly getting back to it. This is, seems like something we're just going to live with from now on. So it's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everybody mm-hmm. gets that through their head and people start coming out again. That's well, thanks for coming on the show, Kayla. This was Thank super you. fun. And thanks for yes. working at Battle One Sisters. People, oh, should, people should be checking that out. Yeah, yeah, come see us. And go see Rick Barantelli at The Case for Wine. Rick at thecaseforwine.com. And uh, here you have a side hustle as well that we'd like to know a bit more about. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm definitely not a person to sit still. So I decided that I should incorporate my love for fashion and shopping with being sustainable, of course. of course. So I do have kind of a side hustle called Lost Lost Lola Vintage. So I do sell some things online, um, but I've definitely put more of my time and efforts into organizing markets. Oh, cool. Um, so they... The markets, like I run them under makers and thrifters, so they'll they're usually featured on my Instagram page, Lost Lola Vintage. But I'm hoping to have one come up in the next month or so. Yes, potentially at Babylon. Hopefully at Babylon Sisters. Yeah. We're working on that right now, so stay tuned for that. Makers and thrifters, um, by way of Lost Lola Vintage at Babylon Sisters. Well, that's a that's a mouthful. We're gonna have to find a way to pare that down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. As long as you get in Lost Lola yeah, Vintage. That's the most important part. And yeah. Babylon Sisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Kayla. We'll put Thank those uh, that all in the show notes so people know how to follow you online and on Instagram. And yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much. Cheers.